Hello and welcome to Two Hearts, a new Who podcast. I'm Callum. And I'm James, and this is the only podcast where we slept through the live Comic Con panel. I'm the doctor. This is Shaz. This is Dan. Oh, why? Hiya! You're hiding something. Get inside! And every week here on Two Hearts, we normally take a look at another episode from the 2005 Doctor Who revival, but mm. this week, uh, well, today at least, we're doing a very special episode. Uh, we are going to have a chat about all of the little uh, revelations, let's say, that came out of the uh, San Diego Comic-Con Doctor Who panel uh, that was setting up Series 13, announcing some new stuff. Um, so we're going to we're gonna unpack our, our thoughts and feelings on that. Uh, before we do that, as always, if you would like to reach out and have your thoughts and feelings read on the show, you can do so by emailing us at twoheartspodcast at gmail.com. That's to the word two. Or you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at twoheartspod, the number two. But today we are in fact here to talk about this Comic-Con panel. So Callum, um, general thoughts, like general feelings. How did you come away from this, uh, this panel feeling? Well, I think it's probably better if I try to explain to you my experience of the entire day because um i was woken up at 7 a.m by a phone call from you uh telling me mm. about the highlights shall we say the um the top level kind of things to take away from the panel um and so before i'd even opened my phone or read anything or seen a single thing i knew from you that there was a new companion which is how i, fr- I framed this character that is being introduced um and that it was going to be a season-long story now, in my bleary, half-asleep state, I was like, new companion, what the fuck? A season-long story, I'm, I'm totally on board. Um, watching the panel was a completely different experience, and I, I've probably swapped my feelings about those things to the other side of each other. Um... I'm like it's it's hard being such a distrustful Doctor Who fan, especially of this era. <laughs> it's just that I don't trust Chibnall to pull off the things that he's talking about or to do them in a satisfying way. And I know that's a really bad faith like place to begin this conversation from. Um but it is where I am. It's how I'm feeling right now. Um what about mm. you, James? Uh yeah, similarly I I kind of I think they would have generated more hype for this if they had put these as a dot points in a tweet graphic, maybe. Um, and look, that's not to disparage the fact that we got to see... Um, uh, so on the panel, uh, Jodie Whittaker was there, Chris Chibnall was there, Mandip Gill, um, John Bishop, uh, Dan the Man, of course, and uh, was this newest uh, edition. Uh, yes. We learned. What is it? It's Lewis. Dan Lewis. I mean, if that's not the most exciting development from this whole thing, I don't know what is. Truly, that that is the takeaway. Um, and uh, Jacob Anderson was also there. He is our, our newest uh, sort of addition to the, the regular series cast. Um, and 
it was nice to see them in in some ways. Uh, Mandip Gill is specifically just an absolute ray of sunshine of a human being. Um, she has so much passion and and life to the way that she talks about this show. And I mean, Jodie Whittaker does as well. Um, but that's always been the case with Jodie. And I feel like Mandip feels quite light on her feet now. She seems very warmed up and, and, and ready to go for all of this. So I loved seeing that. Mm. Um, the information itself, though... It's like, if you're going to do a Comic-Con panel, um, you kind of expect a bit more. And so while we did technically get information uh, and we got a casting announcement and we technically got a trailer as well, um, it just all felt very, very, uh, very light. Um, And part of that obviously is the fact that they are still filming, which is what we also learnt yeah, that was very surprising, wasn't it? I thought that that was, like, done in the bag and they were just now putting it together. So that was weird. Um, I think that just to sort of pick up on a very specific point, um, the they've obviously been teasing this very special guest for a while now. Mm. And so allowing hope to build, allowing expectations to rise, all of this kind of stuff, I get it from a marketing perspective. Um and I just, I can't help but feel like the actual reveal itself, even though I'm I'm pretty excited about it in general, um, would have been a letdown for a lot of people. It's specifically because I don't know who the moderator was, but they introduced them before, like, as a teaser for further down the discussion. They were like, and later we've got our special guest. You might remember them from Game of Thrones. And it's like, oh, Game of Thrones? Who could it be? And it's like the least <laughs> memorable person from that show. I had no idea who they were. Yeah, it's an odd one because like <clears throat> Grey Worm was a, a really good character on on Game of Thrones, but um, when you think about Game of Thrones characters, uh, I, I can't imagine that um, he's the one that sort of like comes to mind. Uh, and so to to build up the hype for this at the start of this panel with like, oh, a star of Game of Thrones is showing up, um, and then the fact that uh, Anderson also couldn't be there in person, mm. so he had to film this like little uh, sort of pre-recorded bit. Uh, it was all just so stilted. And like, this is no shade to Jacob Anderson. He seems no. adorable. Like, I really liked his energy. Um, I, I'm i very excited about his character. We've got some uh, theories that we're going to talk about with him later. Um, but just in terms of the structure of a panel, um, it's just from a marketing point of view, it was just a bit flat. Well, let's talk about that character, though, because I think that's a good point to pick up. Um which is that the theories currently circulating Doctor Who Twitter within the 20-ish hours since this went out, um, is that he will play a very significant role through the series and will be a... um, I think people have picked up on the fact that his costume is quite similar to the Division Time Lords we saw last season. And so the thinking is that he might be pursuing the Doctor through time and space and blah, 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 blah. Um, And I'm excited for that for the reason that being that I'm glad that the show isn't just going to tidy away the timeless child like it never happened. Like, I would be happy Agreed. if it yeah. kept going with that storyline because, you know, show some. it would show that they, like, at least have a vision. Even if I don't necessarily agree with it, they have a vision. And that's one of the things I've always, mm-hmm. like, needed and wanted from Chris Chibnall. was, like, always, like, what's the story I actually want to tell? And obviously I would like that to be connected to a more emotional dimension, but that's remains to be seen um and so on that basis alone i am actually quite excited to learn about this addition to the to the cast and it feels like the biggest kind of like uh 
story development, shall we say, for, that we've learnt about this new season, much more than Dan, who fuck knows who he is still at this point. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, to be fair, it's not as if we got a huge amount of details about who um, Jacob Anderson is is playing in the show. This is strictly coming from, uh, you know, a lot of Twitter hype and, well, and Twitter theories and whatnot. Um, but even still, even within the context of the panel, there was like uh, a full photo, single shot of the character that he's playing. Uh, he has he has a, a space gun. Um, you know, he, he looks... I mean, he looks like a badass. Like he, mm. he looks really, really cool. Um, and the way that they talked about his presence in the show as being not necessarily that of a companion, but of a consistent presence within the companions' lives. Um, and there was also some implications that at some point uh, he will be on the same side as the Doctor, or at least their interests will be aligned at some point. Mm. Um, so th- there's a lot of like really interesting little like tidbits buried throughout all of this. Um, I just think that like a lot of things with this panel, if that trailer had had a little bit more meat to it, um, mm. all, all of these qualms would have been wrapped up instantly. You know, if we'd gotten to see who Dan is, who who Jacob Anderson is playing, just gotten a general feel for the vibe that they're going for this season, apart from the humor, which like you and I discussed earlier and we'll talk about here as well, but like the humor mostly works in that trailer, which is quite a nice surprise as well. Um, but <laughs> still, you do kind of come away not knowing enough is what I felt like, despite the fact that he looks like a badass and I'm, I'm very yeah. excited for his presence in the show, especially as, as you just said, like if this is a, um, what is it? The, the initiative, the is that what division, I think the division. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one of those, it's, it's like an Ubisoft video game title, you know, it's, it's like a very generic action organization title. Um, but if they are going to do this and really commit to the timeless child stuff, um, I still don't fully understand why they would be hunting Jody uh, as opposed to um, the Ruth doctor. But uh, again, time travel in this show is something I do sometimes struggle with. So I think it's best not to think about it. And you have definitely, definitely struggled with time travel. And that's been very annoying for me. <laughs> Uh, trying to explain to you how things actually work. Um, you, you folks should hear us talk about uh, River Song's timeline. My, I, my brain refuses to compute. Just, it just, it falls apart. Not just River Song. You were like, how could the Jadoon invade in 2020 if they were there in 2007 or something? And I was just like, it's different points in time. It is different points in time. Yeah, okay, sure. But then why is the TARDIS uh, police box? There's legitimate gripes to be yes. had with the timeline of that episode, is all I'm saying. <laughs> that, the police box, yes. The Jadoon, no. But I'm digressing. Um, yes, the trailer. The trailer was cool if you mm-hmm. didn't want to know anything at all. <laughs> Well, they're still filming it. Do you know what I mean? Like, there was clearly so few VFX shots that had been finished. They're obviously still filming the story. So, like, I uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it, I'm glad we got something. Um, I just... It's funny because, like, this is, the, this is the other thing that kind of frustrated me about, like, the panel is, like, we've known for maybe, like, half a year now, maybe longer, that there are Sontarans and there are Weeping Angels. And I get... I get the desire to hold back that reveal and to not spoil it, by the way, if you didn't know that. Um, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> fuck. Um, but um, I'm just, I was just very surprised to not see them or their presence in the trailer. Because um, that would have definitely given some meat to it. And obviously that stuff has been filmed. So 
Mm. Well, that's it. Unless it's been like reshot because yeah, like you said, like those leaks came out months ago. Like last and year. And so in theory that, yeah, that footage should be wrapped up now. Um, it's well, it's very confusing. Especially because like they're saying it's going to air later in the year and it's nearly August. So yeah, there's exactly. not much of the year left. Unless like when they say later in the year, they're going to do another thing like they did with season 12 and do yeah. like a Christmas special that's also the first episode and then follow on from there. Can definitely see them doing was that. Was Spyfall meant to be a Christmas special? Spyfall was a New Year's Day special. I like it would be nice if um you know maybe they come around on New Year's with like like a movie length kind of thing, mm. kind of like what they did with Spyfall, but because the other thing that we've learned is that this whole season is one big story apparently. And so if you kicked it off with a a full feature length introduction to this new story they're trying to tell, that could actually be really good. Could be. It could be. Um and I'm very very excited if it is going to be in the proper kind of like limited series type uh, of presentation uh, very much like a children of earth kind of scenario not in yeah. tone or style by any means but um, uh, in <laughs> in the way that that told a very short contained story of a fine episode that were undeniably linked is the thing if it tells that story then I'll be really excited if on the other hand it's eight individual stories with a cliffhanger or some kind of connective tissue across them then I'll be upset because that is flagrant false advertising, my friend. Uh, yes, it's going to be interesting to see, isn't it? Because, like, you know, um, uh, naturally a lot of people are bringing up the fact that Chibnall was uh, arguably his most successful with Broadchurch, which was, you know, mm. a ongoing, long-running story. Um, and so if he's finally able to bring that kind of writing to Doctor Who that holds a lot of potential to be quite interesting because I think that um, on our show and uh, in fandom, this is obviously quite debated, uh, but Chibnall's writing has been um, certainly a point of contention for a lot of people. And mm. he does often tend to uh, bloat his stories with uh, a lot of side characters, a lot of exposition, a lot of world building that just ultimately ends up getting in the way of a lot of the emotional uh, impact of, of what he's trying to do. Um, and so if you give him in theory, uh, is this the season they've said is going to be slightly shorter as well? It's eight episodes, not ten. Yeah. Okay. I mean, e even better, right? Like, if you give him, you know, eight 45-minute installments to tell a story across, you could, you might actually get something pretty good out of him this time. Um, hopefully, well, also now, Ali, he's a little bit more comfortable in the role of showrunner. He's made his massive change to the lore, and so now they can play in the aftermath of that. This is all... Sorry, I was yawning. Um... This is all assuming that he is the author of all eight episodes, because we don't actually know if there are any other writers attached. Um, but yes, I agree. It it would... I think his strengths are definitely in long-form storytelling. Um, but then I, th I still come back to the fact that, like, there are great authors and there are great writers who do great work, and then they come to Doctor Who and they just drop the ball consistently. Yeah. And, you know, Moffat did that until he picked it up again. Um, <laughs> Russell, for sure, definitely. Um, I think that they are all... I think Doctor Who, as an institution, is just too vast and too large to... Obviously, to please anyone or everyone. Yeah. Um, 
but it's 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 annoying because it's not a great place for experimentation and so i don't view this as going to be particularly experimental i i think it's going to be quite a, a traditional story that they're going to tell um and i wish i wasn't so cynical i wish i would actually believe them when they say we're going to change everything about this show um, mm. I do realize I'm also saying this at the same time as he introduced like a massive retcon to the show, but that was a massive retcon that was like in totally indebted to the fan, to the show's lore and to its history. And I don't think that's necessarily busting things open as it is like slavishly like yeah. bowing down to it. Well, like, it's a trick you can only pull off because of what the show has established. It's not an interesting trick in its own right. Um, and that definitely does give me pause. Um, the, the Timeless Children stuff is... Um, and this is the other interesting thing about this panel is that, you know, Chibnall's talking about the, the structure of this season. And he says, I think it's definitely the most ambitious thing we've done since we've been on the series. And I kind of balked a little bit at that because hmm. I was like, bro, like your last season finale blew this show wide open. Like you you fundamentally changed not just the, the quote unquote law or the quote unquote canon. I don't really give too much of a shit about that, right? But like the emotional truth of, of who the Doctor is as a character has been fundamentally altered. Um, and so to, to now be like, oh, well, I can tell a connected story now. So that's the most ambitious thing I've done. It does make me a little bit sad because I kind of wonder if Chibnall wasn't even fully aware of the ambition of what he was doing in the first place with the Timeless Children. Well, I don't think he was um, because we saw like, I mean, yes, there was like a nice kind of emotional scenes in Revolution of the Daleks, but I really don't think he he's, he's being very surface level in how it's actually affecting his characters. And we see that with the companions yeah. in particular in like in the fact that they just don't feel like real people and they don't, and none of these people feel like they have emotional connections, despite the fact that Jodie Whittaker and Mandip Gill obviously have tons of chemistry together off screen. Um, a wild amount. <laughs> a wild, a wild amount that just never makes it to the screen. And it's so bizarre. But then you return to Jodie in the show and she just gives off this like roach, like, I don't know who I am anymore thing again and again and again. And if you're going to say the same thing yeah. over again, then it, th- th- what are you trying to say? Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it ends up being a little bit frustrating because like I, I liked Revelation Revolution of the Daleks. What was that one? Yes, Revolution of the Daleks. Revolution of the Daleks. I enjoyed Revolution of the Daleks uh, way more than I expected to. Um, we ended up talking about that for like two hours on, on our show, which was very surprising for everyone involved. <laughs> um, and, you know, that that episode was at its best when uh, it let, Jody have a little bit more to do than just a that nebulous I don't know who I am anymore like okay we get it you don't know who you are anymore but like what yeah. does that mean you know where are we gonna go with that um and I hope that there is room in this eight episode interconnected story for us to explore that because um you know, he has something really exciting on his hands, not just with Jody as a performer, with Mandip as a performer in their chemistry, but also with the the setup that he's established for this between the Timeless Children, uh, the Division stuff. There's so much that you could do here. Uh, and I just really, really hope he does it because I'm tired of not 
liking this era mm. of Doctor Who. It's not it's not a pleasant thing to uh, to not be in uh, in sync with, with a, a franchise that you enjoy. I'm going through a similar thing at the moment with a lot of the Star Wars screen media, and it's just deeply frustrating to see this thing that like you have loved since childhood, and not in a possessive way either, just to just take a turn into something that you're like, oh, but you're capable of so much more. And I, I want it to treat its audience like they're capable of experiencing more. And I, I want uh, Chibnall to write like these actors are capable of doing more because I, I really do think they are. Oh, absolutely. And I think actually one of the biggest uh, revelations for me on that front from this panel was like how much I actually really enjoyed listening to the Dan actor, John Bishop. Um, I found mm-hmm. him to be quite, I think I messaged you this and I said, he's like a really quite refreshing, uh, he's got a really refreshing kind of like, I don't really know where I've stumbled into, but I'm going to have some fun anyway, kind of <laughs> feel about it. Agreed. Um, in the same way that like Catherine Tate, you know, like she was like, I have no yes. idea what a fucking Dalek is. And then she turned out to be the best <laughs> companion this show's ever made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 uh, no, no, I, I, I agree. And like the way he ended up talking on that panel, um, like you said, it was refreshing because there's, there's none of that like uh, reverence that we tend to expect and like from these performers. Um, and, you know, so that that was refreshing in its own right. Um, I also think the fact that he ended up, he said something really interesting. He was like, oh, you know, in the, in the lead up to me joining the show, I obviously watched a whole bunch of Doctor Who to, to sort of educate myself and, and get caught up on everything and whatnot. Um, and so because of that, he was like, I was used to watching the show be self-contained stories and occasionally you'd have two-parters, but for the most part, everything was wrapped up at the end of an episode. He's like, and so it was interesting for him to come into series 13 where at the end of every sort of like episode, it was what they kind of ended up describing as a cliffhanger. Like the idea that each episode will directly lead into the next and the next and the next is really refreshing for Doctor Who. And it's interesting having an actor who has no real reverence for the old ways of the show come into a brand new way of doing it and Mm -hmm. the energy that he's able to bring to that. And to to Jodie and Mandip as well, like they both seemed very happy with the work they've been doing here. I agree. Not that that cast photo particularly showed it. (laughs) No, that was a strange choice. And every time, oh, that poor presenter who was trying her absolute best, she's like, oh, we've got an exclusive photo here. And it's just, it's just them standing. It's like, yeah, like, okay. I know. (laughs) And then like, Chris is there like, ooh. Uh, uh, That was was actually the thing that made me laugh was like, uh, I think after the trailer played and everyone, like it came off and everyone was like, ooh. And it's just like it's nothing. <laughs> it's, it's you've given us nothing. Um, look, it's yeah. I I don't know. There's a lot in there to be excited about. Um, there, there's a lot of stuff I came away from that. I'll be honest. Interconnected story is not what I would have predicted for this. God panel. no. Um, you know, you and I joked about this a lot. Twitter joked about it a lot. But like everyone was expecting. David Tennant's going to show up or, you know, like the special guest was going to be an old doctor. It was all going to be very nostalgia based and whatnot. Um, and, uh, you know, you and I definitely did not have very high expectations for this thing. No. Um, and while the panel itself wasn't fantastic, there are some tidbits in there that are specifically exciting to, to me and you. And that was nice to come away from. Definitely. I think taking advantage of the reduced run to tell us hopefully what will be a one big long story is very interesting to me very exciting i think 
introducing a new character as opposed to falling back on like our fandom nostalgia like we all assumed it would do is very exciting i'm glad that they're just keeping on keeping on moving forward even if people don't like it and i think we're in that boat somewhat like one leg in one leg out um it it it, i am optimistic even while being very cynical at the same time oh yeah agreed i'm deeply cynical i have uh I, I wouldn't say I have expectations um, because I had expectations for series the 12 um, and <laughs> that, that did not work out for me mm. very well. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, let's say uh, just like a capital C cautious um, because the, this could all go sideways very quickly. Uh, but the fact that we don't already see it going that way is in and of itself very exciting. <laughs> A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So, were there any, I guess, uh, random thoughts, things, little tidbits you want to bring up uh, at the end of this little episode, James? Um, I, again, just want to highlight how wonderful Mandip Gill was on this panel. Um, it was nice to see her so... Uh, passionate about everything she she mentioned that um they are doing something with a classic monster that she is really excited for us to see uh and that gives me hope that it's more than just uh another classic monster showing up like if they're genuinely doing new things with old things that that does make me make me quite excited um and uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of about it. Uh, there was a one funny little thing happened, um, and this is petty, I know, but uh, the the official BBC Doctor Who account tweeted out, uh, you know, oh, series thirteen is coming, and initially the tweet ended with a rainbow oh. flag, oh, God. and then they immediately deleted <laughs> it and posted it again, but with just a regular rainbow, and it was genuinely very confusing. Oh, so bizarre, <laughs> and like it's not. It's accidental homophobia in the stupidest sense, because, like, <laughs> why did you change? Why did they feel the need to change it? Why didn't they just look at it and be like, oh, we accidentally put a pride flag on it. <laughs> Moving on. It's Yeah, it, it was odd, wasn't it? And, like, somebody in the comments was like, you know, BBC said Pride Month is over. And it's just that's the energy it ended up coming across with. Um, I do, given how loudly fans are... Um, asking for Yaz and the Doctor to have some sort of queer dynamic. I definitely understand them immediately being like, oh, fuck, um, because the last thing they want to do is uh, queer bait, I guess. Mm. Um, but the inclusion of the rainbow at all is something that I'm like, what are you doing? Well, I think that the rainbow is supposed to be because of Jodie's shirt. They put a fucking rainbow on her shirt. Why do they not think people... Anyway. No, exactly right. Like, they specifically in that trailer highlight the rainbow more than they've ever done before. Um, Mm. It's, look, whatever. Um, I do not expect this to be a queer season of Doctor Who. Um, I will say that up front. If they do end up doing queer Yaz um, and, and the Doctor, I will... I don't know what I'll do on podcast, but uh, we'll we'll have to figure out something to do to to maybe eat some humble pie. I was going to um, say maybe you'll that, maybe though, you'll kiss a man on the podcast, and I was like, mm, no one would see it, and that's a dumb idea. And that's not a punishment. <laughs> yeah, that's a mm. anyway. Uh, but I think that is going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for joining us for this uh, special little episode. It's fun to actually have some 
news to react to. Absolutely. You know? And I am sad because this means the next episode we record, when we get to the news section, we'll be like, oh, another big finish on your drama this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're excited for more River Song. <laughs> I think they did actually announce it. A new River Song uh, thing. I know today. they did. That's what I was referencing because I'm up to date with things. There we go. See, we know what we're talking about. Get your Doctor Who we news do. here and get it within 24 to 48 hours. Anyway, uh, thank you again for joining us. Uh, we have been Two Hearts Podcast. If you do want to have your thoughts and feelings read on the show, email us at twoheartspodcast at gmail.com. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Two Hearts Pod, and that's two, the number two. And of course, if you could give us a, a, a rating, preferably a five star one on iTunes, that would be choice. My name has been James. You can find me on Twitter at OMG More James. And I have been Callum McLean. Fuck, I'm not getting my last name. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. At 242 Hensing <laughs> Avenue, tax file number 05. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> and I have been Callum, and you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at Theatricallum. Um, Wonderful. We'll be back we was- in... Oh, well, I thought I might do this one, actually, if that's okay. Uh, I mean, do you even know? I need you to say we're moving to Wednesday uh, publishing. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. I can say that. <clears throat> um, We will be back in... Well, I think we're going to be out very, very soon with our new episode on Planet of the Ood. Um, and then we're going to get together and record for the Sontaran Stratagem, which is going to be really exciting. Just a quick note to say that we're actually got some exciting news for you. We are moving our release date for episodes from Fridays to Wednesdays. Uh, so keep an eye out this Wednesday for Planet of the Ood. Um, and we'll see you in the Neversphere. <laughs> <laughs> um, indeed. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And yeah, uh, uh, you know, you know, um, bye. Bye. Bye.